Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Welcome back, beautiful ladies. Uh, welcome back to episode 35, How to Find Your Soulmate with the amazing Betsy Johnson. Not Betsy Johnson, the fashion designer, <laughs> although right? I was very excited when I met Betsy Johnson thinking she was the fashion designer. Um, but an even more amazing Betsy Johnson, uh, who I had the delightful pleasure of meeting at that New Media Summit where I I found St. where I met Sinclair. I think Sinclair's the only one I interviewed from there. But in a, I went to a podcasting event in San Diego, and I before I met Betsy, I had several people say to me, "Oh, you got to meet Betsy Johnson. She has a podcast called Lunchtime Quickies, and Woo! I just think that's the coolest name. So awesome! And uh, she's all about love and all about uh, soulmates and and uh, discovering epic love. But it's not what you think. So. Actually, it probably is what you think. If you've watched many of our episodes, I'm sure you figured Catherine and I out by now. How to find your soulmate. There's going to be a catch. <laughs> we'll get into it in a sec. But, um, but Betsy's an amazing woman. She had us on her podcast. We had the honor of being on her podcast in June. I think. I think so. I think it was about two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun. And Fabulous. she's just delightful. And we had such a beautiful, juicy conversation. So excited to share her with you today. Catherine's going to read her formal bio and then we'll get into it. Betsy, thank you for being with us today. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> thank you both. <laughs> Betsy Johnson is an experienced dating and relationship expert, entrepreneur, business consultant, and entertainment executive who is on her own journey of love. She founded lunchtimequickies.com in February of 2019 as an online publishing platform to share short true love romance stories you can read in 30 minutes or less. The podcast launched shortly after offering a different kind of dating podcast, one with real raw advice, and lots of soul. Join Betsy in her mission to bring more love and romance to the world one quickie at a time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't think I realized Lunchtime Quickies was all these short stories first yes. because we that just was had the original podcast. Idea. Mm -hmm. How fun. Yeah. So no, fun. that's, yep. That was the original idea. And then I launched the podcast and like, here we are. <laughs> podcast was the podcast became the love of my life actually is what happened my soulmate uh, <laughs> yes you're one and only <laughs> <laughs> never again will you look for another soulmate because you that's that lunchtime quickies is all i need <laughs> <laughs> what has been your favorite thing about having a podcast Honestly, it really is um, having conversations like this. I mean, when the two of you were on mine, 
you know, we really like, we went deep, right? Like it was like, it's the, it's bringing the soul. And that is the mm. stuff that I really couldn't quite tap into with the short stories. And plus too, you know, it was interesting when the authors would submit them, you never knew what you were going to get. So I mm. felt like I didn't, I really couldn't, um, orchestrate it as much as I really can now with a podcast because I, you know, we can talk about themes and topics and like really just, just dive deep. And it, that's, that's definitely my favorite, favorite thing. Awesome. The love of my life. Mm. The love, it's, Kate's the love of my life. And we <laughs> yeah, are know, so obsessed with having a podcast and getting to have these conversations. And most of all, hearing from other women the impact the podcast is having on their life. And so totally. we know that this episode is going to have a powerful impact. So everybody better fasten their seatbelts and take a deep breath as we continue to bust every possible myth there is around <laughs> dating and relationship. And Betsy, you have, you know, an epic story and we tend to continue to start all of our interviews with tell us about one of the most transformational moments of your life. Oh, wow. That's no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I, I, will, I will tell the story about um, when I got married because that was very, very fairy tale, mm-hmm. right? And I think that we tend to think that in the terms of the soulmate and it's like, it's the happily ever after, which is bullshit as we know. <laughs> yes. Okay. So when I met my husband, first of all, he was, uh, so he's British. So he's like the adorable, you know, Mm. UK accent and, uh, probably God, that was 20 years ago. So right there, like what, what did I know? I mean, I was 30, you know, and you'd like to think that by the time you're 30, you would have had some things figured out, but it, it was a whirlwind romance. We were engaged within six months and then married nine months after that. However, we were bi-coastal almost the entire time. Like he was in New Jersey. I was in California. In fact, even the first two months of our marriage, we did not live together. So I want to say that probably was, you know, mistake number one is that we, it was, I, we really didn't get to know each other very Mm. well before having jumped into it. And I would really say too, you know, living with someone is really priceless, right? I mean, you you really get to know everything and I would always do that again before anything long-term, but, or the long-term commitment. But anyway, he was a lovely, lovely guy. And in all, like if I, when I look back, I just say like, it was before I really bought into the soulmate thing. It was before my, my spiritual journey as it is now, which I say started about eight years ago when I really started meditating and I started having like out of body experiences and started really like diving deep probably. And I wasn't even prepared for that. So if you figure this was 20 years before that, you know, I was like, like most people just that shallow relationship bit where everything looked all beautiful and shiny and he's handsome. And we got married in the UK at a 15th century uh, mansion and honeymooned in Italy. And like, I'm telling you, like, if you looked at what my life was like, it was full on fairy tale. But then at the end of the day, um, a couple things I didn't know, there was actually mental illness that ran in his family. And not to say that, you know, sometimes you can 
help that and you can get through that. But then the way that it tends to rear its ugly head at other times is you, you can get caught completely off guard. And that's what happened to me. So he, um, at the end of the day, he, I think he's probably considered paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, wow. I don't know if that was actually the official diagnosis, but, um, you know, it really, really saddens me that he, he lives in a mental institution in the UK now. Oh, wow. I know. And never in a million years, million years, if you would have seen the wedding picture, I mean, you would just never have said that this was possible, that this really could have happened. And, you know, I'm still in touch. Like I love his mom to death where, you know, on Facebook, his daughter, his nephew, we're still all connected. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of his friends that we're connected with. And it's kind of like, we're all just like, how the F did that happen? You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, you just never know what, this is when you just say, you never know what life is going to throw at you. Yes. You just, I could not have predicted that mm-hmm. if my life had depended on it, because I'm telling you, like, it was perfect. It was as perfect as it was going to get going in, you know, and it was about three years. And then, then, you know, there started being some signs and so forth. So anyway, that was a pretty big lesson to have learned. Uh, it feels like a lifetime ago. It actually feels like a life that I barely remember living, you know, because mm-hmm. my life is so different now and primarily because of the spiritual growth. And I know when, it, when you ladies were on my podcast, we really talked about, um, the spirituality side of things. Right. And then it's like, when you're really doing the work, like it's life changing, it's game changing with your relationships, with yourself, with spirit. Like that's why I'm like that marriage just, it almost feels like it didn't even happen to me. Wow. Cause there's like so many of the things that have happened to me since that have been just absolutely amazing and, you know, growth and, <laughs> and there's my boyfriend right now. Yeah. Hi, buddy. He's working out downstairs. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, um, here we are. Yes. Yeah. And and that, but it's still painful to think about. But you know, of course, I send him so much love, and he's probably in a bet in the best place he could be right now. That and thank you for sharing that story. I didn't, I didn't know that part of the story. And I, I I mean, it just goes to show like in the fairy tale fantasy love, and we're going to definitely tackle the soulmate version of the fairy tale, which is just a new version. Um, But there's just so much focus on the future, the future, growing all together, being together forever. And we just are constantly distracting ourselves with this idea of the time that's not here yet even though we have no idea what's coming and no idea what it's going to look like and no idea if it's still going to be aligned. And yet making that, like having our focus be on the future is rooted in fear, right? Yes. Cause it's not mm-hmm. trusting. And it, and it also distracts us. I'm imagining that even though you had three years that you said were perfect, I'm imagining you had perfect according to societal standards of what a perfect relationship is supposed to look like or, um, but on paper, but I'm imagining that you probably had feelings throughout the three years of like, "Mm, mm," just like something something feels off, but I don't know what it is. Nobody taught me to listen to this or to, to pay attention to this. I'm just supposed to have the hot guy and the husband and the ring on my finger and the cute British accent or whatever, like the the story of what it looks like to the external world as opposed to how you feel internally. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. No, there was definitely some. Yeah, there were definitely a few signs. I mean, really, I would I would attribute that to the fact that honestly, we just didn't know each other well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, before really like getting married, or yeah. you know that we hadn't lived together first, and it was even just like this. I'll tell you just a funny story. Like he um, he was uh, he trained with karate. You know, he was like a karate guy. And so just stupid things like he would karate chop the, the, the refrigerator door shut. <laughs> like if the refrigerator doors open, he'd be like, hi, yeah. And he'd slam the door shut with, you know, I'm like, really, was that really necessary? Like he was kind of like this <laughs> little kid who required a lot of attention. That, mm. that was probably, that was a huge sign actually was he required a lot of attention. And I'd be like, mm. dude, I'm right here. Like, you didn't need to like do all that to get, I'm, like, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm already here. So, um, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was interesting, but you yeah. live and you learn. I don't regret it for sure. I don't, you know, how can we, because every bit of it is what makes us. Absolutely. Right? And that, yeah, that's the, it's the story for all the women who are listening that are so excited to rush through that beginning yes. feeling that feels so good. And the, the reason we want to rush it is because there's, there's a fear that that good feeling is going to go away. So it's like the cookie monster, like I got to eat the whole box or I won't get to like, it, this tastes good and it might be gone soon. So I've got to eat the whole box of cookies as opposed to just one bite at a time, one cookie at a time, and just like letting it satiate, letting it land, feeling it. Because when we're with the actual experience we get to feel our truth. Like we get to feel those moments of like, oh, something feels off. And we get to feel those moments of, ooh, this is delicious. This is really enjoyable. But that like push to rush things because it feels good, that's the red flag. It's like, what's the rush? Why can't you just enjoy this bite of the cookie right now? Well, and speaking of now, that's actually what I – try so hard to do is to be present and to live Mm -hmm. in the now. So like with Brett, when we first met, we met on hinge and his profile said spiritual. Of course mine did too. So on our very first conversation, I said, so, you know, you put, put that you're spiritual, you know, tell me about that. What does that mean to you? And so then he said that he had done some work with Eckhart Tolle and about the power of now. And I was like, okay, that's cool because I felt like we had a good foundation because the power of now is like, that's all we ever really have. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow's not guaranteed and yesterday kind of doesn't count because there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do about it anyway. Like it's done, it's gone, it's over with, right? So all we really have is this very, very moment. And it's really allowed me to check in, mm-hmm. you know, more often. And like, that's kind of like my litmus test of, well, how am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And then how do I go with that? Love it. Yeah. So powerful. Thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing your story. I'm actually curious too what the compulsion was to get married because we've had almost every, every woman, I mean, Kate shares all the time about her clients that are divorced that had those, you know, feelings in the beginning. I've had a mix of clients where really they believed the person was wonderful. Like they really got married, feeling good, feeling solid, right? And had yep. no no one when they get married, as someone who's married, imagines they're going to get divorced. Like you are not walking right. down the aisle thinking that you're going to get divorced. But what I'm so passionate about with relationship work, especially for women, is no one, one, is teaching you that you're allowed to have big, beautiful desires. 
right? You're only given one path option. And then we're not taught any skills on even what kind of questions to ask when you're getting to know someone. And most people want to rush because they they somehow think there's going to be security in the marriage Mm -hmm. when exactly all the things that you avoid talking about in the early phases of dating are the problems you have later, right? Period. Right. right. But I'm so curious because everyone has a different story. Like we've had people come on that they're just like, well, that's just what I thought I was supposed to do. Right. No, Mm -hmm. no woman has said yet on our podcast, like I got married because I wanted to have the security and never have to feel lonely ever again. But that's what's unconscious. And so I'm just curious for you, like, what was your so, you know, you meet him, you don't you live on opposite sides of the country, you know, within six months, you're engaged, like any sense of what was happening for you that compelled that? Because this is, this is what's important to make conscious yes. for every woman listening. Because mm-hmm. everyone, everyone dating needs to know what their compulsions are, yeah. right? Because yes. it's the unconscious right. voice, forces that prevent you from even being present. Mm-hmm. And when we make them conscious Absolutely. and name it, that's going to help you you know, slow down. And this obviously isn't taking into account like attachment theory and, you know, our physiology, but I'm just, yeah, right. I'm like really curious what was happening for you. Well, so I'm originally from Pennsylvania and I grew up in a small town. And so five years before that I was engaged and I had been actually had been with that guy for four years. Mm. And he was like, he was from my hometown. And even though I had gone off, I lived in New York city. I did all these things that I ended up coming back home to PA. And so when that, so we literally, uh, we called that wedding off a week before. We had 250 people and an Elvis impersonator coming. Wow. Oh, that's right. We talked about that on your podcast. That's right. Okay. Why'd you call off that engagement? Wow. Ultimately, I think I was more excited about Elvis showing up to my (laughs) wedding than actually getting married. There's a sign. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, um, so that, yeah. So his name uh, was Mike. He actually passed away last fall. So I did a podcast about, yeah, he ended up having a massive heart attack and died in his kitchen and he was only 55, 56. He was not that I know it was very, uh, very sad actually. And it's just kind of even weird because he, when I would see him, when I go back home once in a while and he kind of would still try to be like, are you sure you don't want to move back home? Like he would still like try a little bit and, and he actually never got married. Mm-hmm. Um, he engaged like maybe once or twice after that. But so I think that especially in a small town, that's really what is, you know, it's the white picket fence and it's the, you know, the dress and walking down the aisle and it's Cinderella. It really is the fairy tale, especially I don't know, maybe it's, it has nothing to do with a small town, but if you looked at, you know, most people were getting married and having kids and staying in the hometown. They weren't, you know, I was really one of the few that had left. Um, so I think there was that. So then when that relationship didn't work, I, I was like, good. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to really live my life. I left Pennsylvania. I was like, and, and after that pretty much didn't look back. And so being in California was pretty far, but then what, what happened with, with Patrick, my husband was that I was introduced to him through a woman who I actually dated her son in college. So she could have actually been like my mother-in-law if that, if that relationship had worked, 
but her and I were just so close mm -hmm. and, she, and, and Patrick was her boss. And so she was like, you have to meet my boss. You have to meet my boss. And of course, this is in New Jersey. I'm already out here in California by then. Oh, actually it wasn't even, I was in Arizona. And so I felt really um, like I trusted her. She had known me a really long time. I trusted her, um, you know, that, it, that her boss was like a good guy. And he, I mean, really, he was like as amazing as they get. That's what I'm saying is like this mm. whole mental illness thing. I just could not have predicted it in a million years. Neither could she. She doesn't have any contact with him at all either anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just tragic mm. on many levels. But I think that when Patrick came along and there was so much safety involving our union, it was just, it was safe. She knew him for a couple of years before me. And it was still just something that I still think that we just thought that that's what we were supposed to do. But I'll tell you that with him, we were jet setting. Like I was a consultant at the time traveling the 12 Western States in Western Canada for my job. He would show up like we, he showed up in, you know, Breckenridge, San Francisco, Vancouver, like we were just traveling all over and really having the time of our lives. Yeah. So it just felt like this was going to be a really great partnership and just a ton of fun. So why, like, so yeah, let's get married. You know, like that was just really kind of, and, and I, yeah. I was just going to say, isn't it funny that's like, let's get married because this is fun instead of like, let's yeah. just have fun. Like <laughs> right. that's the conditioning is just yeah. like, let, like, oh, this feel, and it used to be me in, in my twenties, like every relationship, like a few months in like, oh, I want to marry you. I want to have your kids. Like as if that was the thing to like put a stamp on this, like matters. This is fun. Yeah. This is great. This feels good. Instead of just like, oh, I'm allowed to feel good. Right. Period. <laughs> Yeah. Period. Yeah. 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 So wild. Yeah. You know, I, you're right. Like I didn't really even think about that. Of course not because that is our conditioning. And I think the reason it feels so much more intense in a small town is because in a small town because of social proof and that like, um, what is it? The herd mentality, yeah. less people rebel against the system. Whereas in a big city, there's more variety. There's more people yes. challenging that these, these social constructs and the patriarchy and the systems that we're plugged into in the matrix. It's, there's a lot more rebels in, in cities than there are yeah. in small towns. So I think that that's why the pressure might feel even stronger to follow the checklist and follow the rules. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I have to do something about the fun I'm having. Yeah. Right. Like I yeah. keep yeah. everyone. What, official. why do you have to do something about yes. your joy? Why do you yeah. have to do something about the connection you're having? And it takes time to get to know someone. It takes mm -hmm. time to get to know yourself. And I've shared a yes. thousand times, Andrew and I are completely different people right now than we were six years ago. And that doesn't get taken into account with the little to, I mean, we receive nothing about relationship other than the fairy tale. And yep. so when did soulmate come into your world and then we're going to dive into all of our thoughts around this. <laughs> so do you know, I actually, this just hit me. Um, I used to say that I did not believe in soulmates several years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, this probably, this has to have been at least before. Well, okay. First of all, when I got divorced, I said, I'm never getting married again. 
because how, and I'm not going to go into actually how the breakup was because it, I mean, as you can imagine, in a lot of cases, it's just really painful, but I broke my own heart as much as I broke his. And so I just said, that's it. I'm never getting married again. So that's now been 14 years ago. And I have to even say like the relationships that I've had since none of them were what I would have said were marriage material because that wasn't the goal, right? Like it just wasn't. So then the soulmate thing, I think more with the spirituality. And when I was started that, that journey about eight years ago is probably when the soulmate thing kind of came in. And then also I have, I ended up meeting a woman who's a clairvoyant or a medium or whatever. And she's a really interesting lady. She's in Redondo beach and she has a, and she has a twin flame. And we were saying this earlier in our <laughs> pre-call, um, but they literally have gone lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes together. And she has a very, like he, he, and he usually in their lives, he's usually the first one to pass. So I was so fascinated with her journey with the, his name is Jace and she talks about Jace all the time. And he's now been in the non-physical for, I want to say maybe six years. And Mm. she's probably in her seventies now, but she talk about a love story that transcends lifetimes. Like she's got that. But I think that is so unusual and I have a huge fascination with past lives anyway. So that could be like probably a whole other podcast. (laughs) But I think that listening to her, it was kind of like, um, I'm like, wow, that can really happen because she communicates with him often or he does with her. But I have to say, I don't know that that's really what I want. Mm. I don't know that that, you know, because I want to enjoy this life for whatever it is that my soul set out to learn in this one, you know, and, and just like when we were talking, you know, soulmates can be like, like Carol Allen, I had her on, she's a Vedic astrologer. And we were talking on the podcast and we we're like, you're my soulmate. And she's like, yeah, you're mine too. Like we really just like the two of you are soulmates. When you really think about that soul connection, I was like, yeah. And I'm so, I love Carol like to death. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like this pure, it's like this pure thing just like what the two of you have. It's like pure love, right? Mm-hmm. Not yes. like you're necessarily going to uh, finish each other's sentences. Although I know the two of you could definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, you know, the term soulmate, like when it just started getting thrown around a lot in the new age, personal development movement, it's just like, it, it was just a bunch of like, relationship and dating coaches who took the term the one and disguised it in a spiritual suit and now it's a it's a special kind of love but if you look at if you read or about special love in the course in miracles um for those of you who don't know a course in miracles i think we've talked about it before it's like a spiritual bible basically um non-denominational non-religious but basically it's it's incredibly complex and very multi-layered, but A Course in Miracles talks about special love, which is just ego love. It's, it's special love is your saboteur, and in my language, and the other person's saboteur doing the dance, pattern to pattern, you know, like fancy sunshine and roses in the beginning, and then all your pain patterns play out, and it's just not knowing about the patterns, but just operating in that level of love, and that's ego-based love. And soulmate is ego-based love. It's actually not real love, because the reality is we are all sovereign souls, 
And when you, uh, I mean, this podcast has been a deep dive into living a life that's aligned with your soul. And when you, and you went on a journey after you had all these experiences of the old paradigm and of the old like fantasy fairy tale love that wasn't rooted in yourself and in your own truth and in your own expansion and growth into this new world of spirituality and of connection to yourself and to a deep, your own deeper truth. So when you are rooted in your own soul, you have soul love and soul mates everywhere, freaking everywhere. When you are a mate to your own soul and your commitment is to yourself and to feeling good within yourself and to honoring your truth above everything else, no matter what the fuck everyone around you is doing, no matter how small the town is that you're living in, (laughs) is like that you're committed to your own soul. And when you are committed to your own soul, my God the level and the depth of love you get to have, even in your friendships, every connection is soul level love. Like soulmates are everywhere when we're, when we're a devotee to our own souls. That's my take on soulmates. What's yours, Catherine Danielli? <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, Catherine, you should be feeling pretty good about that right now instead of wanting to yes. throw up. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite thing that you just said, Kate, is the, the new age relationship coaches designed the one in a spiritual suit by saying soulmate. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I recently have been starting to get really clear on just the impact our culture has had on women yes. and how fucked it is and how inside of this, you know, be, this beautiful story about the woman you just shared about, um, Betsy, who has this deep spiritual connection. And I'm thinking, right. And there's women who will listen to that and say, because I don't have that, there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, at the core of the new truth we're saying women are taught that there's only one path and since there's only one path you can only feel like shit about yourself if you don't have it yeah and there therein lies the freaking problem is mm-hmm. yeah. and and i you know of course you don't have only one soulmate that would be a miserable life just like you couldn't possibly only have one path or one career you're meant to have or one friend mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. <imagine> that. <laughs> yeah um nope i've already got one this Sorry. really really important piece is for all the women listening like it is so easy you are set up as a woman to feel like shit about yourself if you don't have the thing the partner, right? Or the kids. Mm -hmm. And then women never even pause long enough to say, what is it that I actually want? And I see every single boyfriend I've ever had as a soulmate, right? Of course, Andrew's a soulmate, but he's not the soulmate. Mm -hmm. Like he's my husband who I've chosen right now, right? Mm -hmm. And right now committed to evolving and growing together and continuing to check in on whether or not we make each other happy, right? Mm -hmm. Over and over and over again. And in order to have any experience, like Kate, I love that you bring this back over and over again about soulmates are everywhere. Because I think the key here is if you don't know your own soul, you couldn't possibly experience soul connection with anyone else. That's right. And then you have those surface relationships like you were talking about, like that surface level of love where it's like, it's just like not, or you said a different term, I think, but that's think what happens even in friendships. Up. Yeah. We're set up for failure. In my opinion, if it's that shallow one dimensional 
you know. But that's no what job. the world's profiting off of. Yes. 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 Right. So yes. long as you don't dig deeper and start questioning everything, you'll spend money on shit you don't need. You'll walk around <laughs> feeling right. like you're not good enough over and over and over again and looking for an answer to something to make you feel better. And I think this is the core of the problem of relationships today, because it's the same that was the problem when all this started, is looking to someone else to make you happy. Yes. That's right. That yep. will yes. set you up for failure. Yeah. Let Every alone time. if you, and, and then, and, and Betsy will have to bring this back as we talked about this before we hit record, the, <laughs> you know, if I have found my soulmate and then we start struggling, oh, maybe I've chosen wrong. Oh, not my soulmate because we struggled rather than uh, this is part of the deal. You have two human beings who are carrying around two sets of wounding, two ancestral lineage patterns, like two inner children, two inner critics. That's coming to the table with every single relationship and friendship. Not to mention man, woman. Like if you're in a heterosexual relationship, like men and women are fucking different. Like we are very different. There's so many And then you throw in the chemistry part of it. I mean, I was just talking to actually one of my intention partners is, is really actively dating right now. And she's dating this guy who was just, you know, we were talking about how when you have, when sometimes the chemistry is, I don't want to say too much, but you know what I mean? Like, like, and my boyfriend's Sagittarius. I have never dated a Sagittarius before. Do you know, they're like centaurs. That's their image. <laughs> I'm like, shit, I'm dating a centaur. But I mean, the chemistry is like just, it's hot and it's amazing. But then that also can like throw you off, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we it forget really that chemistry, like is if you haven't watched the TED Talk, Helen Fisher, The Brain on Love, please go watch that TED talk. We forget that, well, one, we, one, we forget that we're animals, mm-hmm. right? We are animals. <laughs> like our brain is not wired for happiness. It's wired for survival. Survival, And right. when we experience chemistry with someone, our brain releases four chemicals that create that yummy, juicy feeling, <laughs> right? And we are physiologically and biologically programmed to end up choosing the people that have lost qualities of ourselves because I believe every human being on this planet is on a path to wholeness, that Mm. that's the prerogative of our soul. And that's why shadow work is so important. And actually all of the research shows that the game changing um, practice in your romantic partnership is to fall in love with the qualities that most annoy you about your partner because those are your lost qualities. No human being is perfect. And then there's the cycle of everyone just thinking, I just need to choose someone else. I just need to choose someone else. And with another person, I'll be happier. Or worse, making the one and only partner be their source of everything. You know, I, I, one, of, one of the posts I just wrote for this week is it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a village to raise a relationship. Mm. And we forget that, that you need many soulmates to support who you're becoming in the world, but it's like, it's the setup to be unhappy because you yes. put all the unex- the unrealistic expectations on your partner 
and then since since I, I love that Kate, you said the the spiritual suit, um, one soulmate's out there. We just have another reason to make ourselves wrong if we're not blissed out and having sex a thousand times a day, or we're struggling and dealing with the very normal natural shit that all human beings are struggling with. Kind of like if you're having problems in your relationship over the past seven months, guess what, my friends? We're in a global pandemic. You're doing all right. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to be challenging. Right. It's going to be challenging. Yeah. And I, I, I think know. of, I, I think of all the, uh, all the, like, it's just, there's just so much bullshit we're up against. Mm-hmm. There's just so much daily programming that yes. keeps feeding this part of us. I just, my heart breaks when I think of like all the teachers out there. And I, I love, I think Catherine, for you being married and being in a long-term relationship, I think you are the only one I know of who's doing it, it who's representing and sharing p- parts of your relationship in the most real, authentic, transparent. This is what a conscious, real relationship looks like because I am so fucking annoyed with all the people out there who are teaching about love, who are like, I have found my soulmate. I have my twin flame. And it's the most amazing thing. And we knew the moment we met each other that our stars were aligned and we did 80 lives together and that this was the time we were going to get it right. And, and, and that it's the greatest love I've ever known. And that's all they're fucking sharing. It's a lie. And if they're not yeah. having challenges in their relationship, they're shut off. They're avoidant. Yeah, they're right. shut off from their truth because you stick two people together that are the especially the opposite sex, but definitely lesbians have problems too. So it's not just, but you stick two people together. And like you were saying earlier that grew up in completely different homes that had totally different traumas, different conditioning, different religious programming, different, like their family systems, all the shit that's been passed down from generation to generation, cultural programming, like layers and layers and layers, societal programming, the media, like all of us coming in, no relationship is ever going to be easy or Mm-mm. or peaceful or blissful perfect. or like perfect <laughs> or so magical like my this is the one this is my soulmate i cannot tell you how many times i have had friends and clients say oh i just met someone like i think it's my soulmate 3 weeks later this this happened before i was even doing love coaching i used to laugh when people would say oh i met my soulmate i oh my gosh we've been dating for 3 weeks it is over the top it, i've never felt anything like this it's my soulmate okay i give it 3 more weeks and that oh yeah no it blew up okay yeah right because it was fantasy based it is mm-hmm. such a lie and it just it's so sad and you know even all your friends for all the single women listening all your friends who are in relationship and just posting about how in love they are and how epic pictures together and them doing magical things together that is one tiny piece of the puzzle if it's even real sometimes it's actually just a facade to convince themselves like if people it's there's been statistics that the more you post about your relationship the more photos you post the usually the the less uh healthy your relationship is or happy it is and it's like an overcompensation and that's what we're comparing ourselves to so all the single women that look at these relationship coaches who have it all or look at these instagram people who have it all nobody fucking has it all it's just an illusion soulmate but it's a fraud uh, it's fraud though it's i, I not... really see it as fraud yeah. you know because you are exactly right 
Um, I had one friend in particular was in a horrible marriage for 20 some years, but everything on Facebook made it look all wonderful. And of course, when it finally blew up, everybody's like, what the hell? Yeah. Meanwhile, she'd been living in hell for 10 to 15 years, you know, and I just was like, no, I don't want to see one more goddamn Christmas card Mm -hmm. with you guys and the dog on the beach with, you know, all five of you, because it's like, "Eh," like it made it really want, I wanted to throw up. Yeah. And we want real, we We are aching for real because we want to know that we are enough Yes, and that there's nothing wrong with us. And what is perpetuated by relationship culture is women not feeling good enough and women not feeling worthy and women blaming external circumstance for why they don't feel good or feeling like shit for being single. And then they settle. Cause that's what sets it up. Yes. If I have to just choose the first person who's nice to me and then not take my time rather than, yeah, Andrew's one of my soulmates. Mm-hmm. He's not the soulmate. I mean, could you imagine just the, the pressure, right? Of, of having all of that on one person mm-hmm. to be everything for you. This- People are doing it. People, people, uh, that's what's happening. Right. And, that's yeah. an, right. and that's another reason people get so rocked. They get so mm-hmm. sideswiped when things don't work out or some, or their partner, God forbid, dies or like how many people are just, how many women, and it's not our fault, it's our programming, are just waiting for their soulmate, just want to find their soulmate. They find their soulmate. They ditch all their friends. They ditch everything yep, they love. They ditch, They're like, oh, yep. I got the thing I want. We always wanted. And even if it feels so good and they're so compatible and it's amazing, if you ditch all your other soulmates, whether it's your podcast, your dance class, your, your, your girlfriends, like when you ditch all your other things and then something doesn't work out, because you've bought into the illusion that the future is already yours when it's not, that's when it's a freaking sideswipe life rock, completely yep. blinding because you've, you've given yourself up. This the word is dangerous. So no, how to find your soulmate. We're going to tell you, become a mate to your own soul. <laughs> yes. There's no, no one to find but you. And then you will have soulmates everywhere. That's and, the uh, new truth. You know, yeah. When I Go first- ahead, Betsy. L- when I first launched lunchtimequickies.com, it was, I knew that I wanted it to be based on self-love. Mm. And I remember a friend of mine saying, well, how are you going to do that? You know, because this was really orchestrating like the, the, um, you know, the short stories that would come in. Like I said, I quickly realized that I didn't really know what I was going to get at any given time when it would come through. Um, but I just said, I, I remember saying to her, I don't know how I'm going to do it but I'm going to do it. And I think really with the podcast, that's what we've talked about too is right. Like if you, how could you ever have a rewarding relationship if you don't have the same with yourself? And I know a lot of, and that whole term self love also is kind of thrown around (laughs) just as much as a soulmate. And I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of, like, I remember trying to explain it to my sister way early and she thought it was, um, like egotistical or selfish, right? When you say like self-love and it's like, no, oh, wow. it's exactly opposite. That's the can that. only, only women think that. Because women are supposed only, to be selfless. Only women think that about self-love. And, and I've, I've decided now that self-love at the core is believing that you're worthy and valuable because you exist and then mm-hmm. acting accordingly. Yes, that it's that's your behavior. Yeah. Because you do not... You don't have to love yourself perfectly. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't love myself perfectly. I, I wake up every morning and actually vow to learn how to love myself more every day. Yeah. And then most of all, I notice I still have to work because of my trauma history. It is still a practice for me to receive Andrew's love. Mm-hmm. Like I have to consciously take a deep breath in and open rather than all my tra- the trauma that doesn't go away that will just come up to shut down or resist it or whatever. Like I keep, that's what my learning now is. And that's it learning from friends. Do you understand mm-hmm. how hard it was for me to like actually truly partner with Kate and like let Kate love me? Like I was in go mode in the beginning of our podcast. Like this is a business. Kate's like, Kate's like, Catherine, this is fun. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean fun? I get to have fun. Are we allowed to have fun and still and, be business together? And talk about soulmate. Like that. What this is why I'm obsessed with all relationships because how else could I reclaim my capacity to have fun without someone like Kate mirroring it for me? Right, because we, we not only expect our partner to be our everything, we expect ourselves to be our everything and mm-hmm. to hold every quality perfectly. The best, so look, if you're dating and you want to find your partner, the best thing you can do for yourself is accept yourself for who you are. Yep. And love right. the exact expression of who you are because well, there is no one like you on the planet you were designed by God to be exactly right for your expression. And there's no one else that you're supposed to be period. Don't they also tell you that, you know, when, when, when you're making a quote list of what you want that person to, to be ever. right. No, no, never. Right. But you know, so many coaches do the list. Yeah. But what I love the best though, is when they've said, now you go be that list yeah. first. Yeah. Right be the list that you just created that you were looking for in someone else. And when you can be the list first, now we're talking. And I was like, yeah, be the quality, you know, be that. Yeah. Or, you know, you're talking about mirror work. This came, uh, just had popped into my head a little bit ago. You know, one of the most powerful things that I learned in a relationship probably about five years ago was the day when I realized he was my mirror. And then I was like, first of all, I said, oh shit. (laughs) Because appropriate response when you realize that. Yes. (laughs) Things were not going very well. And I was at my wit's end. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I realized that. And I, I saw all the things that I was judging him for were actually all the things I was judging myself for. And so that was a game changer. And then we probably didn't stay together too much longer after that because, you know, it was just, um, he was, he was a very difficult man, but, um, but you know, one of my greatest teachers, and this is what I say about Brett, like already, he's one of my greatest teachers. Life is Mm -hmm. right. Like we're all in the school of life. Mm -hmm. And of course, life skills are not what we're being taught in school, but you're just expected. And this is why the conditioning is so painful. And then why, most of the time and and what gets kate and i fired up about the youtube dating coaching you know culture and quick fixes is essentially perpetuates fear for women Mm -hmm. right that it's possible for you to say the wrong thing to scare someone away to mess it up and if you just behave 
perfectly, you will never get hurt and you will never be disappointed and you'll mm-hmm. never feel alone <laughs> rather than, you know what, someone else's behavior has absolutely nothing to do with you. And the more permission yes. you give yourself to be exactly yes. who you are and to shout from the rooftops what you desire and what you express. Like I always joke all that I got lived in Hawaii. I mean, I was broke. I came back from Hawaii. I was living, I was sleeping on my friend's couch. I had a nose ring and I was had this like glitter phase <laughs> in my, that I would put glitter on my, on my eyes and flowers in my hair after living in Hawaii. And I roll up to the restaurant to meet Andrew in a three-piece suit with his hair like perfectly combed. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I, I sleep on, I live with my friend on her couch right now and I'm an entrepreneur. And I didn't have any shame That's about awesome. it. Most of the problems women are dating and it's, what's the right thing to say? Who am I supposed to be? I hope he likes me. And then yep. they wonder why they're struggling with dating and why it's not fun at all. Like I was, it, like the gift is just open to exactly who you are and do your own work to clean up the shame and the guilt and the fear and all of the stories that you have about relationship. Because if you are not in relationship right now, there's absolutely freaking nothing wrong with you. If you are struggling in your relationship right now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you, right? If you are not married by 24 years old with five kids, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. Stop and look around your life and, and name every single person in your life as a soulmate and watch what that does for you. Yeah. And then look around your life right now and say, wow, am I walking through the world like I have worth and value because I exist? What am I still judging myself about? What have I still not accepted about myself? What am I and, tolerating? Who am I yeah, tolerating? Like being mm. devoted to being devoted to being so like that to me is self-love the path of loving yourself is the path of being really fucking honest and not Mm -hmm. keeping people in your life out of loyalty whether it's a an ex that you still sleep with or a best friend from high school or a mother that is abusive towards you like you get to choose you get to choose that is what this podcast is all about and i i think it's so fascinating that there was no intention behind this but almost every single person we've interviewed except except maybe andy almost every person we've interviewed was married followed the fairy tale I'm pretty sure it's every single one except Andy. It has so far. Uh, followed the fairy tale, <laughs> got married young, had the perfect guy, woke up one day and realized they were dead inside and it's not the guy, it's them. Like, and this is completely unplanned. I'm just realizing this in this moment. Like how many women that end up having their awakening and finding their own truth and their own voice and their own new way of walking through the world that's in honoring and reverence of their own soul. Mm-hmm. that most yeah. of them went down that path of just checking the boxes and following the thing that we were to- told to follow and then woke up one day and realized, oh, these things outside of myself aren't the thing. And so if you're listening and you're you know, still thinking that's the thing, it's not the thing. I mean, I know we say this on every episode, but it's not it the enough. thing. It's you're the thing. You're the, yeah. you're the, the soul. You're, you're the soul. The you're the thing. So get to know your own soul and get to know what your soul, what feels good and be committed to that. And you'll get to have so many epic soulmates and epic soul experiences. Like you talk about your podcast where the love of your life gets to be many things 
rather yeah. than just one thing. And and I, I was also thinking earlier, Catherine, when you were talking about the the soulmate, like and finding the one that one person, it's like that is the thing. It's like we when we or when we were talking earlier actually about rushing. Like, oh, this feels so good. I, I want, like, we, we need more. I need to get that false sense of security of marriage because this feels so good and I need to make sure that I keep it forever. But that's the thing that actually takes the joy out of it. It's like, oh, we're having so much fun together. Let's get married. But it's like, it's not, not, that, not that marriage, like, you, when you're conscious, no, your marriage is the same as a relationship. There's no, absolutely yes. no difference. It's just a new, like, a more expensive break up if you break up and a little bit more complicated but it's actually the exact same there's no difference and yet like the 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 irony is we're chasing the thing that feels good and it's like oh this feels so fun betsy's telling her story this it feels so fun let's get married but what does that do it sucks the fun right out of it because if you think the marriage is going to be the thing that keeps you having fun it's it's not well and then i didn't even mention the fact that we started the company right after that so he, he was mm-hmm. a chocolatier. So we started a chocolate company. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was like a whole, whole other thing too, but, um, you know, and, and, and it originally was fun. It started yeah. off fun. Right. <laughs> and well, they all do. You- <laughs> <laughs> like- <laughs> That's well, why we got to put a ring on it. Why we got to <laughs> lock it down. <laughs> yeah. Keep it forever. And then we wonder why we stop having fun. And then we wonder why it's dead. <laughs> Put the well, butterfly then, in a jar, it's going to suffocate. <laughs> right. So, but that's also like the difference. Recently, I've been really learning the difference between a relationship and a partnership. Yes. So anyone yes. can have a relationship, right? Yes. But to truly yes. have a partnership is, is way different. And that's, you know, because my boyfriend and I, like we talk, he's like, he knows I want to get married again. Now, so this is very funny. Ladies, I want to get married again. Whoop, whoop. It took me it, it, it took me again. Years. This is your desire. You're allowed. <laughs> that is my desire. You're allowed. I can say that. However, I've already found myself reframing going, you know something? I don't really need to do that, but I want a committed partnership. Mm-hmm. Right? I want that life. And I'll say, I want that life partner that we, right, that we're having fun, that we're growing. Like mm-hmm. growth to me is the single biggest thing that we both need to be doing together and apart, right? Because I mean, I have all my, like Abraham, and we talked about this, I'm a huge Abraham fan, right? And they're all about like having fun, you know? And and, like, I I have a coach who said to me, you know, how long are you gonna allow yourself to feel good? That's one Mm. of the things that she's taught me is how long, or like Abraham says about being in the vortex, how long can you realistically stay in the vortex? as long as you allow yourself to because pretty soon, right? We're the first ones to pop us out of that vortex Mm -hmm. because yeah, rush. Exactly. Exactly. Because that, that rushing to the altar is rooted in fear. Therefore you're not allowing yourself to just bask in the pleasure because there's a discomfort with Mm -hmm. receiving. There's a discomfort with allowing, with feeling good. Because yes. as little kids, we all felt good and we all got shut down for feeling good. Stop pumping the yep. pillow. That's bad and wrong. <laughs> like we got shut down for feeling yep. good. And so we've learned, like, especially as women, that it's yeah. not okay. Yeah. I, so this is so important what you just said, Betsy, because I posted a couple months ago 
um, stop thinking that a ring or marriage makes him somehow more committed to you Mm -hmm. than someone who's in a relationship who's not. And so this is really, 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 really important because (laughs) what is the unconscious drive behind thinking marriage is the only option is that that's the sign of commitment. And since we're chasing that, we're never actually paying attention to how that person chooses me and shows up for me every single day. Mm -hmm. And in our culture, we don't actually have, and then right after that post, I said, I'm like calling all people who are in long-term partnerships who are thrilled and happy that are not married. And there were like 75 comments. Mm -hmm. And so- One of the things that I I mean, I want all women to have permission to want what they want, period. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Andrew Mm -hmm. and I sat down and actually was part of our vows, what our marriage is devoted to. So we actually set a marriage intention, which is to grow in becoming all that we're meant to be, to be in service to God and service to humanity. And that's, Mm, that was part of our vows. So a lot of times people think marriage is the sign of commitment Mm -hmm. rather than, oh, I want commitment. So I have to own that first, because if you want commitment, stop hanging out with the idiots who are not committed to you Mm -hmm. and tell you that they don't want a committed relationship on date two. And then you tell yourself, oh, well, maybe I don't want it. Right. Yeah. So, or maybe I can change him. Right. God, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And and if you're not committed to yourself, good luck. Good luck. If you're not committed to yourself, if you can't get up in the morning and, and connect with yourself and do, you know, whatever, create rituals that have you feeling good. If you're not committed to yourself, good luck. Good luck. Actually, you might have the most, you might have, you might have the most secure relationship and still not feel committed or still not feel like they're committed right. they, you, you could even be married and feel and to an emotionally unavailable person or whatever not feel that not sense of sign. commitment because you're not committed to yourself it's not yeah. the sign and so it's just yeah. noticing the difference between and checking in if you're a single woman listening like is it that i need the marriage because somehow i think that means more committed yes. rather than i i didn't grow up seeing people who are in long-term partnerships who weren't married Like I only Mm -hmm. saw marriage as the only option, right? And I love now that I loved all those 75 comments on that post because some of it was like 21 years, 14 years, nine years, 30 years. Like it wasn't like little two-year dinky things. Like it literally was like we're not married and we are devoted to each other. But most of the time, no one knows what their relationship intention is. I want a relationship because I want to be happy. Rather than, and, and Kate, you, maybe you said this earlier before we hit record, you were like, you want a relationship? Get ready to be confronted, mm-hmm. right? Like get ready <laughs> to get the thing that you say you want so bad. And this is what, I mean, as coaches, like I always say to my clients and I'm sure you say it to your clients too, both of you, it's like, you know what? You're going to do all your shit with me. Like this is a relationship. So whatever reasons you're making up on why you can't invest in yourself and why you won't do the program, you won't do the work is exactly what's keeping you from relationship. Because if you're unwilling to look at who you are, Mm -hmm. you're going to end up with that surface level relationship that is not going to make you happy, which I don't actually think that's the point, right? The point is fulfillment. The point is growing toward God. The point is becoming a more loving person on the planet. And I have never been more humble. I mean, I married someone who ended up having a mystery illness and was sick for three years. 
So talk about wow. being humbled and had, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we had sex like 15 times a day for the first two years of our relationship. Like, mm-hmm. like I had every reason to like, think like, oh, this is going to be good. And all of it came crashing down, but it was the most transformative spiritual experience of my life. And now I'm having conversations all day long with people. Partners have had brain cancer, partners mm-hmm. have had tumors, partners who've lost their legs, partners who got in car accidents and were immobile for six months, partners with mental illness and who are working through it together. But we, we think there's some escape from mm-hmm. life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Rather than I think the point is a more loving human being who's more compassionate and humble, right? Because it's not like I get to place all my orders to God and then have this perfect life. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how spirit works. But yeah. I, I'm waiting for a world in which we give ourselves more permission to be messy and imperfect and wild and to stop freaking making ourselves wrong for everything. Mm. That's what I'm most, I've, I've worked with men before. Men are not making themselves wrong all the time. Like my male clients are not calling me saying I'm, I've spent all day second guessing myself. Yeah, they're not like that. Only the women who are always blaming themselves. It's always their problem. And you know, this is like, I keep thinking every time we record an episode, I'm like, this is a movement that I just feel the ripples throughout all of the world to put an end to domestic violence end to sexual Mm -hmm. violence end to women feeling like there's something wrong with them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and having permission to just be who they are and want what they want and recognize the only thing that's wrong is our conditioning is the lies they've tried to feed you about relationship because no it's not normal to be fighting every single day like no it's not normal to have a sexless marriage like no it's not normal to have an unsupportive partner when you're saying i want to do this program i have this dream i want to travel you know i want to hire a nanny to have more support with the kids like it's not normal if you don't have support or have someone cheering you on cheerleading and believing in you and supporting your dreams Cause it's not all or nothing. You know, sometimes you can be like, well, maybe I shouldn't want a relationship then rather than, Mm -hmm. you know what? It starts with you. It starts with you. And how are you showing up for yourself every single day? How are you loving yourself? And what do you believe? Mm -hmm. What do you believe? What do you believe? Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So much. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to listen to this one over and over and over (laughs) and over again. So many layers. But if you talk about creating the ripple effect, that's what you ladies are really doing. Because I remember when you were on mine and we were blowing, you know, the whole <laughs> lid off of, yeah, we were talking a little bit of the soulmate stuff there too. We were just all saying it's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, God, you know, I've been in the soulmate program for like two or three years and was kind of conditioned to like yeah. thinking that, you know, it was all going to be blissful you know, and then I meet my boyfriend that I have now and it's not all been blissful, but it's a lot of times it's been great, but this a huge growth and huge learning and just understanding like my, like my, I have a pattern of, I want to run. Like when the, when the going gets tough, I'm like, I'm out of here. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's <laughs> <laughs> so she just admitted it's a pattern <laughs> as if he doesn't know. If he as if he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> If you saw what he was doing right now, you'd want to run too. (laughs) (laughs) He's funny. No, I'm not. (laughs) There are only two patterns. 
There are only two patterns, the pursuer and the distancer. There are the people that when there's problems, they need to talk about it more and they want to lock down everything or the people who want to run. So welcome to being human. And it's important to know that and to feel the impulse and then the conscious question of, and what serves? Is it, does it serve for me to walk away right now? Does it serve for me to lean in and get vulnerable and talk about what's happening for me? It's, it's cowardly for me to run. Like, that's when I I was like, well, that's easy. That's so easy. I'll pack up my shit and get out of here and you'll never see me again. And wherever you go, there you are. You you attract another relationship (laughs) and the same shit will come up and you'll run again. And, um, it's, I mean, I always say like, where's it coming from? That's the most important question is like, don't ever make any decisions, whether it's getting into a relationship, getting married, leaving a relationship, choosing a job, picking an apartment. Don't make it out of fear. If you're making the choice from fear, from your yep. small self, from your contracted self, that is not the aligned choice for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're making the choice from truth, where it's just it just feels right, like you're not in a triggered state, you're not in a fear-based mm-hmm. state, just like this relationship feels complete. Okay, now yes. make a decision. Right. Or this this this, this getting married to this man feels aligned in this moment. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Doing the thing, choosing this apartment feels right in my body. Okay, great. Where is it coming from? And Catherine and I often talk about. Um, you know, trauma sometimes messes up our signals and it's hard to know where it's coming from. So definitely doing the deeper healing, deep, deeper somatic, you know, nervous system work and, uh, and healing your trauma because it can mess up the wires. But the more you can distinguish those two aspects of yourself, that fear-based part and the soul-based truth part and, and know what it feels like to be coming from those different places, that's when it's aligned. Mm-hmm. And that's when you don't have regrets because like, okay, this is n- not a fit for me. This friendship doesn't feel good and it's no longer aligned. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then you don't have regrets. Oh, should I have not ended that friendship? It's clear because yeah. it came from truth. Yep. Yeah. I actually just, uh, fr- a friend called me that I had been friends with for a long time, but we hadn't spoken in a while. And I have to tell you, you know, after I talked with her, I got off the phone. And I said, you know, I just, that didn't feel very good. Mm. And this is why I'm really not friends with her anymore. Yeah. And I'll still take her call because she never, you know, maybe she calls once a year, but it was like, wow, like I really have no desire to even go back. And now I think about it. It's like, well, I was friends with her 30 years ago and I'm a hell of a lot different person yeah. than I was 30 years ago. And I know we even talked to my podcast, like I'm a different person from last week. Mm-hmm. You know, if we are truly in the work of growing and evolving and learning, we're, it, it's hard to go back, you know, and, and then I felt like she was judging me for some things like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hell, like wh- why would I be friends with this person? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even know me. You have no idea who I am today. And that, and who yeah. I, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's, inter- it's, life is interesting. And that, that is the woman thing. The women, we're taught to be selfless. We're taught to put other people mm-hmm. first. We'll, we're taught and to loyal. consider everyone else's loyal. feelings. Mm-hmm. We're taught to manage other people's experiences, manage other people's mm. perceptions of us. And this is your get out of jail free card. Cause we're only like, we put our, we all put ourselves in prison and it's not our fault. It's our brainwashing, but that's what the new truth is. We are here to help you untangle from all of those ways that you are disowning your 
yourself, that you are abandoning yourself, that you are rejecting yourself and projecting it onto people around you. We get to choose. Yes. So yes, love. I love this conversation so much. I feel like we could go on and on and on. I know. Um, and I know we have to wrap it up soon. I just want to, um, I just want to, I know our, uh, what? I just want you to, (laughs) I invite you. I'm like, I all of a sudden can't talk. Um, can you let the listeners know where they can find the quickies, lunchtime quickies podcast and you and all of that? Yeah. So everything basically is lunchtimequickies.com. And on Facebook, it's like at lunchtimequickies, um, Instagram, all of that. And the podcast is on all major platforms. Just plug it in. Lunchtime is one word, quickies. And I'm, yeah. And, you know, I, I love talking about this. I love that the two of you have created, um, Mm. have given us all permission to really be messy and to say it like it is and to rip things apart and just say that, that, you know, we don't have to have the structure and I fully, fully support that. And, um, you know, I love that we're on this journey together. Us too. My soulmates. Our soulmates. <laughs> yes. We only choose, we only choose soulmates to interview. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so fun. fun. I love, I love, I love how much fire this, this topic brought up for all three of us. <laughs> so as good. if we've, oh, yeah. I don't think we've had an episode where we haven't been fired up yet. <laughs> I know you guys are like so cute. I love, I love hearing you. <laughs> We're crazy. And it's the best. Well, but you're authentic. You're authentic. Mm. You know, that's what, that's what I've always wanted to be. And even if I sometimes share a little too much, like who cares? Like, that's what I think is, this is how we learn from each other. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's and not they, putting up the white picket fence. It's like, no, this is the real shit. This is what's really happening for us right now. Yeah. The white picket fence is poison. Like we talked about all those teachers, all mm-hmm. the, everyone out there who's claiming that their love is perfect and roses and sunshine and soulmates and whatever else mm-hmm. they're all called. F- f- what's the other one? Twin flames. Twin, Twin flame. Twin thank flame. you. <laughs> like all these Flamingos. names. Like, <laughs> it's it, it, yeah, it's the mm-hmm. facade and no, no more facade. This it's like this mm-hmm. platform is you be who you are and you share your heart. And thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing your stories with us today and for your transparency and realness and just bring in yourself and bringing your, even your challenges in your current relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we see you and um, this you. is it. This is the human path life. I love that. What Catherine said earlier, school of life. So thank you for being on the school of life journey with us. Thank you so much for your time today, Betsy. And uh, I'm blessed to have been here. uh, (laughs) And Catherine, your fire and wisdom was awesome today. And I love you both. Yes. And that's a wrap. Love you. And if you are not already in the new truth movement, Facebook group, Betsy and Kate and I will be live on Thursday chatting more about this because there is never enough to say. And if you know a woman who needs to hear this episode, the best gift on raising the consciousness of our planet, the best abundance offering is to share this episode with your friends, with a woman who needs it, share it on your platforms. So maybe women who didn't even think they needed to hear this message will click it and hear it. And we are so grateful when you do that. Thank you for every subscription and review that you have left us. Kate, there are so many beautiful reviews. I know. We we are so grateful. It means so much to us. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and we will see you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.